on today's expose, let's talk Graydon Creed. This guy is a fucking asshole. I hate him. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> he first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 299 in April of 1993. He was created by Scott Lobdell, who was famously writing the X-Men in most of the 90s. And much like we learned in this episode, he is the son of Victor Creed, Sabretooth, and Mystique. So there's no like cool story to go with this except for Mystique was like, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna go kill this bitch, uh, Lenny Zauber, and I'm gonna take her place and pretend I'm a German spy, which uh, Lenny Zauber was. And so she was on a mission with Sabretooth and she was kind of like, hey, this guy's pretty fucking hot. I'm gonna go sleep with him. She got <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> and then she didn't want Victor to know who she was ever, so she faked her own death as Lenny Zauber. <laughs> so Sabretooth does not know he slept with Mystique and does not know he had a kid with her. <laughs> oh, God. So, and so this wasn't is she, uh, I thought she was Austrian, not, not German. Uh, for this little adventure, she went. She was in Germany. Oh, she's okay. she's basically lived just as or I don't know as long as Wolverine, but she's lived a long life because later on it was found out that she can regenerate her oh. organs to be younger. So she's basically like invincible. <laughs> oh, I need I, yeah. I I want whatever she's having because I exactly. <laughs> so he's so completely mortal, so no powers. Yes, he's completely just a normal person. How you crazy. Know what that parentage. Yeah. Well, but, um, I'd say he's uh, a bit eccentric. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> the power is dramatic, <laughs> angry screaming. Exactly. <laughs> so it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because, because he was given up for adoption, when he found out his parents were mutants, it caused him to hate mutants, which is why he started the Friends of Humanity. But it gets even crazier than that because he killed Irene Adler. Do we remember Irene? <gasps> oh, yes. Destiny. Was, uh, I think she was an expose a few episodes yes. back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he killed her, I think it was her uh, grandson or nephew. I'm trying to see if I could find it again here. But because he killed Irene's nephew, Somebody assassinated Graydon Creed while he was running oh. for, get this, president. And for years, it was a mystery of who killed him. But uh, in the early 2000s, there was something called X-Men Forever where they tied up loose ends. And it turned oh, out that a time-displaced mystique went back to the past and killed her own son for killing her, her wife's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go. mess with the, uh, the temporal dynamics because I think I, I would pr pr probably uh, screw up everything, uh, much like uh, kind of happens uh, in the in the Flash, which isn't a spoiler. It's in the it's in the trailers. So okay, okay. okay. Well, yeah, that's part of the whole like origin story for the movie, so that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Great and Creed. He wasn't around too long either. Like he he got killed hmm. in the early 2000s. He's kind of popped up here or there as like um he had the techno organic virus put onto his corpse which reanimated him for a time he was oh. also kind of a zombie and hunt for wolverine but he was just kind of a very narrow window in the 
mid 90s to the early 2000s. I go where I want to go. Gene. Scott. Gene. Welcome to this week's Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. And that beautiful third voice you heard with us is one that you should recognize from pretty much all of our shows and as already being a guest on this show. Hi, Ryan Terry from Florida. How are you doing today? Hey, Hey, I'm so glad to be here. In fact, one could say that I'm ecstatic to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but again, uh, seriously, thanks so much for having me back on the show. It's always a pleasure sitting down with you two. And uh, thanks for bringing me just wonderful shows uh, to my car on my commute and I, you know, just uh, look forward to it every week. And I'm, you know, just, you know, couldn't imagine a, a weekly commute without you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for bringing us Forza Crowd, a scripted <laughs> kind of little uh, radio drama that I had a chance to be a part of. So that's something that uh, our listeners should go check out, Forza Crowd. Yes. And I'm trying to finish up editing the last couple of episodes uh, but I need somebody to play a male love interest and uh, everybody I ask it just isn't really interested it's like it's all there the show is all recorded except for this guest voice and all I need is somebody to record this guest voice and then I could get to editing the show but I, I haven't. So if any of the listeners here fancy themselves a, <laughs> uh, a voice a voice actor or just want to just want to have fun because it's a it's an unpaid gig. I'm not even going to promise you that bullshit IMDb credit that every short film thinks is going to actually lure people to work on it. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but no, no, no money, but it's fun and it's something that you can share with your friends. And really, it would probably require, I don't know, a half hour, maybe an hour of your time. So if you're interested Hit up the guys here at uh, uh, Solving for X or uh, Marvelous Galaxy of Disney or Words of the Witches, whichever show you listen to regularly. <laughs> it all goes the same mailbox, and uh, yeah, and just I, you know, just there's no because um, it's it's quote radio. Uh, so if you're if you think that you're don't have uh, if you're not camera ready, that's totally fine. That's why I just do podcasting and radio (laughs) (laughs) but if you're interested uh hit the guys up or you could uh, hit me up on on twitter and um send you the script you record your lines you know send it back to me we could sit down and do it over skype or whatever i just need somebody to do you know it's you got a little bit of talent. I, I I I don't need a talentless hack. But if you've got a little bit of talent, we we can definitely throw some Miracle Grow on it, and we can make it work. And would uh, well, love to have you on the show. 
You'll find someone now. Now that you've come on our show, we'll have somebody bite, definitely. Okay. I mean, if you want me to do it, I'm here. <laughs> Actually, go. I think I reached out to you uh, one time, and I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember you getting back with me. So, but okay. uh, I, thought, I thought I did. I thought I did. I thought I said sure, and then, and then I disappeared. <laughs> uh, well, sure. I but know. if you want, to, just uh, if you want to, I'll, I'll send you the script. But but yeah, I okay. and I may have a couple <laughs> other smaller voices in the last episode. I haven't read the script in a while, uh, but I, I just love just bringing people together to have fun. And even though the show only lasted a couple of seasons, had a lot of fun doing it. Learned a lot. And uh, I, there's, it still gets downloaded, so I'm just hoping that somewhere, you know, at some time, it's making people laugh because we definitely need more laughter in our lives. Yes, amen, brother, sister, white <laughs> chocolate, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things that you pointed out, Ryan, about why you wanted to come on the show and what mm. kind of attracted you to this episode is the betrayal of Nightcrawler in X-Men the Animated Series. So what is it that uh, draws you to the way he's portrayed? Yeah, what I, I what I love about Nightcrawler is uh, I feel very strongly that he is a genuine representation of what it means to follow Christ. I think so often, uh, especially in, in media now, uh, it's very negative portrayals, very disparaging, oftentimes... Uh, if you have an individual reading the Bible, they're the villain, uh, which I heard was the case with uh, The Last of Us, which I don't watch a lot of new TV. So that's not why I didn't watch the show. I just don't watch a lot of new TV. Of course, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of loud individuals who whom fortunately don't represent the majority. And, and, and that is I can understand that it can inspire some of the caricatures and the portrayals. And it's like as a writer, totally makes sense to me. But just because it makes sense doesn't you know mean that it's right or, or fair. Yeah. I feel that everybody should be treated fairly. However, I also believe uh, in comedy and uh, we don't have a lot of comedy anymore. And there's certainly stereotypes which are right for comedy, but it's, it's all in the intent and you can have, I, I think you can have fun with stereotypes because that is at the bedrock of a lot of comedy um, and a, a lot of drama, but it is, it's 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 the intention of the heart. You know, are you doing it to actually be lighthearted and funny, or are you doing it to be mean spirited? How I closely read uh, this episode uh, because um, it is uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is uh, is little children love one another, and and it's like that is at the end of the day that is a uh, it's a uh, Saint John. He's on his deathbed. He's being carried from town to town, still uh, spreading the good news. And as he's on a stretch of being carried from town to town, the what he uh, reiterates most of all is little children love one another. So in my opinion, well, if that is uh, one of the last things that St. John was saying to everybody. It must mean it's awfully important. And Jesus said that yeah. all the time, talked about, you know, love one another. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have a lot of loving one another these days and think it'd be behoovent and Nightcrawler even, he may not say those words exactly, but that's it's certainly a lot of what he hints at. And, and I love his commentary on forgiveness and, and we'll talk about that more towards the end of the episode. Uh, but, but I don't take any more of the time, but, but thank you for letting me share, you know, what I really do appreciate about Nightcrawler. You're welcome. Yeah. That was very good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So 
Real quick, before we get into our episode, let's go into our previously on. So it was which Quicksilver wore it best? (laughs) Before we get into it, you can just add one more vote to Evan Peters because he's just so dreamy. So, uh, so just add one more, add one, add one more to that. (laughs) Well, coming in dead last was X-Men Evolution Quicksilver with five votes, only 10%. Coming in third, oh good, he's drinking, Evan Peters. (laughs) (laughs) So seven votes, technically now eight votes with your Evan vote, Ryan. (laughs) Only 14%. So it's between X-Men Tass or Aaron Tyler Johnson. Kevin and I both threw in our vote for Aaron Tyler Johnson. You know, tight clothes. But he did not win. He had 18 votes, 37%. X-Men Task Quicksilver 19, only wow. winning by one wow. vote, 39%. Wow. People like the OG outfit. Okay. Okay, I'll Quick admit, Evan Peters Quicksilver, he is a little goofy, but Evan Peters <laughs> is just so cute. I just I just had I just had to vote for him because <laughs> just I, I I've had a crush on him since uh, season one of American Horror Story. So so that's a long time. Yeah, okay. that's very fickle, Ryan, to vote for someone just because they you find them sexy. I would never vote for Aaron Tyler Johnson God. just because I find them sexy. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who voted. I think that was our biggest vote that we've ever had. So oh, wow. that was fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, I will be sure to click on stories from now on, if for no other reason, to participate <laughs> to in the yes. polls. Um, before we get into the first scene here, though, um, one of the, and I don't know if this was intentional. Uh, however, um, uh, listeners and uh, and you two, I don't know if you're familiar with the Academy Award winning film Network. Uh, absolutely love love the film Network. It was released in '78, I, I, I believe it was, and um, in uh, in Network without turning this into a film studies discussion, the, um, the television station that is featured in network because it's a whole commentary on uh, broadcast journalism and news, uh, was UBS. And so when I saw the UBC in here, I thought, I wonder if that's a sort of a, you know, a kind yeah. of a, a nod to UBS from, uh, from network. Uh, but that, I, I picked up on that right at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, I think I know what they did there, but I uh, could totally be that's wrong. But, um, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 All right. So this one aired, this is Bloodlines. It aired October 26, 1996. And if we were all shaking our heads to the uh, shitty opening, it's because this one actually yes, aired in it's season awful. Five. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh I, that, it's terrible. It's just, no, it's just like, <laughs> And and I, I know it's a little wonky with the uh, story date or like story order versus release date, but yeah, that that opening, ugh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was written by Len Yuli, directed by Larry Houston. Larry Houston. Larry Houston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. So, scene one. Gloria Hormug. I named her <laughs> Gloria Hormug. Reports live from UBC, which Ryan pointed out news. Mutant hate is at an all-time high. We see a mutant being escorted through an angry crowd. 
the scene changes to great and creed testifying against mutants to Congress. Things be bad. And uh, what what I um I, I don't I hate using the word like what I should say what I um I guess what I, I guess what I appreciate about the his costuming uh, is uh, is the armband uh, because those that have uh, you know familiar at all with uh, World War II history it was very common for Nazis to wear. Uh, where the armbands uh, interesting in uh, Germany now, unless you're showing documentary footage of, you know, of actual Nazis, they um, even if it's a recreation, you cannot even in a recreation have the swastika, very, very strict rules uh, in Germany. But they, so what they'll do is they will wear the armbands and I think the armbands will even be red, but they, they can't show even in a recreation cannot show the swastika on the armband. And so when I see the swastika, uh, not the swastika, the, the armband on, uh, on Creed, I, I appreciate that. Cause it's a, I think it's a, a, um, a respectful nod to what I think is probably was very much inspirational behind the behind friends of humanity. And so, so I, I so I, I like that and that how it's, you know, without, you know, being, you know, cause it's a you know, kid's show without, you know, getting too heavy into history. It's, it's, it's a nice nod to, you know, you know, this is, you know, this group, you know, is representing that, that, you know, very, uh, you know, damning, destructive, uh, deplorable ideology. And so I, I appreciate the connection there between, between that, even through something as simple as an armband. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a very nice touch. And do you remember last time we saw Graydon Creed, they threw him into a room with Sabretooth mm-hmm. and they left him there. And I'm like, what did Sabretooth actually do to him? Because he's, right. he's got all his limbs. <laughs> like, he seems sane. I'm right. like, what did Sabretooth do? <laughs> a very stern talking. <laughs> he wrote him a strongly worded letter. <laughs> yes. You said it I will write this letter. <laughs> 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 cool and then scene two. Oh, meanwhile at a secret location that is not being televised Graydon Creed enters the forum of the friends of humanity they welcome him in and revere him as their founder Graydon wants to resume his leadership the friends don't like him though not very friendly uh, because he be Sabretooth's son Graydon begs for a chance to redeem himself the friends reveal that Sabretooth isn't his only mutant parent, bum, 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 and throw <laughs> an envelope at him. Graydon begs for a chance to kill his parents in order to prove his loyalty to the group. Oh, my gosh. This, this, this It's Ugh. just like there's no end to it. It's just like they are the, you know, with friends like these, who needs enemies? Yep. <laughs> and um, with, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to ask a question. Okay, were these hoods new? Because it was very Ku Klux Klan to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't recall the hoods from the last time, yeah. and and they're uh, and I I I felt uh, very uh, similarly that it's uh, yeah. you know, a nod to. So I so perhaps what the artists are doing here is you know, we have the armband representing the Nazis and the hood representing the KKK, and so uh, you know perhaps it's. It's uh, you know, it's not just um, coincidence, you know, that it's uh, intentional yeah. to uh, oh, yeah. to make those connections. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we haven't really seen them because I think only the highest members of Friends of Humanity oh. wear them, and we really oh. haven't seen them yet into this episode. Gotcha. What was your reaction to finding out that Sabretooth's mom is also mutant? Did you have any theories or any ideas as to who this might be? Uh, no. Uh, in I mean, I, I I knew, but had I not known, I I never would I never would have guessed it. Uh, it was I think it's a great setup though for uh, for the story in this episode, and I mean, and and for him as well because he is the really the product of the very thing that he is hunting down and ex, and exterminating and and for him i imagine you know that there is this almost psychological break because he is he is the very thing that he hates but also kind of reminds me of you know i don't i i've certainly known individuals like this and you guys may have too where they are not there. Let's see. There's uh, thou doth protest too loudly, and so the, when they're just so adamantly uh, against something uh, that you know, it's because well, because it's there's something inside of them that they that they don't like, and that and that's why that's why they're against it, and they're just so against it that it's like well that uh, well that's you. And I think uh, we, uh, you know, you uh, could easily draw conclusions to those that aren't out yet. Uh, but you could really apply that to, you know, any yeah. any number, um, you know, any number of uh, uh, you know, traits or qualities or you know backgrounds, and and so yeah, so that so I think it's I, I, it's very it's really deep stuff here. It's like you know this is a kids show. As an adult, I, I rewatch it and I'm like wow, this is incredibly thoughtful and. Uh, it's but it's broken down to where a kid can process what's going on and it's it's always been very um it's been very accessible it's deep topics but scripted in a in a very accessible manner yeah how about you kevin any thoughts on who the mom was gonna be you know i knew mystique was big in this episode so i had a fleeting thought that maybe i was like is it her too but i'm like i don't know i was like i thought i don't know about that maybe and so i kind of it hit me and then i didn't like think too much about it i was more thinking about like what are his powers (laughs) you know like is he he gonna suddenly lately explode with some kind of power and then be like ah Um, maybe that's why maybe maybe he feels uh maybe he feels cheated out he's he's the product of of two mutants and he has jack to show for it (laughs) right (laughs) I'd be angry. (laughs) Like rude. (laughs) Yeah. It's like opposite of Melinda Warren, who was born of two mortals and then got three powers. So. (laughs) Greedy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Scene three. Mm -hmm. A jack-o'-lantern. It's at Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) It sits ominously on the grass outside the manor. Fire hazard much? The candle inside burns. <laughs> Was it a black Three. flame candle? Maybe. No. 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 We don't mess with that. That's a whole new story. <laughs> Three kids run up to the door to trick or treat. Wolverine opens the door in a beast mask, the most terrifying costume of them all. <laughs> the kids run screaming. Enter. Jubilee. Go figure. <laughs> Logan doesn't like Halloween. 
everyone can take off their costume the next day, but not mutants. See, that's a good point because it's something that's probably really scarring for them. Who's like, yeah, this is my life, and they're making fun of it. And this, they just like they can just lollygag and happy to go lucky, whatever. And this is my life. So I was like, okay, nice. Which is funny that he's sticking up for mutants, but he wears a beast mask <laughs> to scare you. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a terrible mutant. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> just then nightcrawler shows up thinking of blue oh at the oh. manor <laughs> and a trench coat is very uh trench with lightning coat. and uh yeah and everything My eyes. with the music the music is so good right here when he reveals yeah, <laughs> yeah so. it's um it's yeah the the, the score is uh very uh, haunting we got a little hollow got a little uh, halloween uh, influence there and and although the the x-men didn't do uh uh, you know, every holiday we do get the this nod to Halloween, and then towards the end of the towards the end of the series, we have a great Christmas episode. And so I like how so uh, we um, you know just uh, incorporate some of what's in our lives because then it makes it feel like <laughs> yeah. uh, like you know their world you know, is our world. Yeah, it's a nice little thing they do. Unlike Charmed, <laughs> who never does a Halloween episode. No. <laughs> I know it's there's weird, right? There's two Halloween episodes. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Just no Christmas um, episodes. So we have some kind of cameos here. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. And to the untrained eye, because I looked on one of the um, X-Men boards and they said one of these kids is dressed as Spider-Man. I was like, uh, no, sir, madam, whoever you are, that's Tarantula. That's a Tarantula outfit who is an enemy of Spider-Man. If you look Ooh. at the little kid versus the Tarantula, it's like almost spot on, except for Tarantula doesn't have a spider on his head. Uh, one of the kids is Daredevil in his yellow outfit. And one mm. of them, this could be a stretch, but whatever. He's a red T-Rex, just like Devil Dinosaur. So I think these okay. kids are all Marvel characters. Oh. Oh. You know, the show does that occasionally when uh, they have like background characters. And you guys have pointed this out uh, you know, quite often, where they will incorporate uh, you know, other characters in the background. And, and it's great for universe building. And so, so I love how, yeah. love how they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially at this time in 90, I think, 5, we said, or 96, using tarantula or devil dinosaurs, a deep cut, because they were yeah. not, even today, tarantula is not very well known, and devil dinosaurs just coming into getting known. <laughs> yeah. I only know the, uh, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park and Land Before Time. Oh, oh. <laughs> sharp <kid> tooth, <laughs> sharp tooth. <laughs> All right, inside the manor, Nightcrawler regales Wolverine now in his full X Men outfit. He very quick though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there, I think it, it must be a uh, it's a Nightcrawler <laughs> thing because when they were in that uh in, in the monastery, they were all changing outfits like super oh, fast. Yeah. Walk walk walk, uh, walk through one doorway and they're out of their ski outfit and into <laughs> their thing or or the vice versa. They uh you know it could be like a uh, Flash's uh, uniform costume that's his in ring. the ring. And he jumped. Is so maybe maybe it's something uh, something like that? But yeah, they uh, they change uh, very fast. I'm sure Wolverine was like, "Oh, Nightcrawler, <laughs> hi, bub." <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so he regales Wolverine, Rogue, and Jubilee with his tail, winky face. He has received a letter at the monastery asking him to come or else they will hurt his birth mother. Nightcrawler verifies the writing in the letter matches the letter his real mother left him. The writing says, come alone or the consequences will be fatal. Wolverine insists on going with Nightcrawler, but hidingly. <laughs> well, kudos for Nightcrawler holding on to this letter for over 25 years and still able to read that handwriting. I, I just, so, like, he must have had the thing in a you know Tupperware or Ziploc bag. Or laminated. <laughs> La- <Yeah>. Or laminated. <laughs> I keep it in my wallet. <laughs> Fold it up. So the Blackbird <laughs> takes off into the night, uh, housing Jubilee, Rogue, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler. I wonder who's flying the thing. Jubilee goes back yeah. to talk to Nightcrawler. She feels uh, she feels akin to Nightcrawler since she doesn't know who her appearance are. And, and I like this. Uh, it's a, a great uh, narrative tie-in from a topic we don't revisit that often. That you know we certainly you know uh, certainly hear you know know we learn a lot about that in um, you know, Night of the Sentinels. And so I like how we're we're uh, looping back into that. Uh, Nightcrawler comforts her by saying, we're all family under God. Jubilee tells Nightcrawler he should be mad that he was abandoned by his mother. Uh, Nightcrawler says he is, but he prays to let the hate go every day. I, I love uh, this uh, this scene here uh, because it it gets to something that I, I think is, is so very important that, uh, cause the episode, a lot of it, it deals with forgiveness or lack thereof. And that's a recurring theme through, through this whole episode. And, uh, it was, um, uh, it was put to me one time and I don't remember who coined this originally. Um, so I won't, and so I would cite it if I remember the person, but I do not, but it's, um, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison hoping that it'll kill the other person or hurt the other person. And, and, and even though he doesn't use those exact words, that's what he's talking about in this episode, that by you um, refusing to forgive, you know, forgive for forgetting and forgiveness, totally not the same things, by the way. So for him, you know, to uh, when he's talking about forgiveness by when you hold on to unforgiveness, it's like you're, putting yourself in a prison to where you're actually allowing this other individual to, to make a prisoner of you. And, and that's what he's, uh, that's what he talks about here. And we, and we revisit it uh, in the third act of this episode. And, uh, but he's playing, he's, he's laying the piping uh, here with, with Jubilee. And, and I like how she doesn't just like automatically be like, Oh, okay, well I forgive everybody. No, it's like, no, she wrestles with it. Same thing uh, with like Wolverine and rogue. And I like how it's not just this instant, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, turnabout face that it's like, no, uh, but you can tell, you know, she's, uh, she's thinking about it. And, and I, but I like what he, uh, what he talks about there because it, it gets down to, yeah. to forgiveness and it's, and I like, it's great theme, a uh, great theme to have in here. Yeah, it is. And I, it's, they do some cute little things too. Like when, um, uh, Jubilee points out that Nightcrawler and Beast are both blue, so they must be related. And Rogue says, yeah. that's as likely as me being related to Nightcrawler. <laughs> I know. It's like, yes. like, it's like, it's like oh, 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 just you wait. <laughs> yeah. And I even like, it's funny because Wolverine says something about your mom, but he says mum. And I was like, there's yeah. the Canadian coming in. There's a Canadian, yeah. <laughs> 
which actually fits for Wolverine, so we can't hate on it too much. He does because uh, the um, the lab uh, it, it's in Canada, isn't it? The um, the, the yeah. lab where he gets the the adamantium. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. And uh, Wolverine is Canadian. He yeah, Wolverine is Canadian. Oh, the show's there. in Canada. The show's made in Canada, so it all works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, the blackbird lands in a clearing. They have arrived at a damn dam. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine doesn't like the setup. It seems like a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> Nightcrawler doesn't like involving the others in case the captors hurt his mother. Wolverine uses faith to assuage the Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, like I, 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 I threw it back in his face right here. Yes. <laughs> He did, and I I really appreciated that because that's a very real human response, and and we get that all yeah. through X Men or like these are, yeah, uh, you could call them mutants. I know that's what I know that's what they are in in uh, in X Men, but the but they're you know they they do represent you know uh, an aspect of humanity. So that's X Men is you know I haven't read the comic books, but but just in. You know, in the show, it's an exploration of humanity, and so I like that. Wolverine was a very human response, and in Nightcrawler, his response uh, uh, was also very human. Uh, so I love how our mutants are way more human than uh, many of our our human <laughs> characters uh, in in the series. Yeah, I love that. That's very true. <laughs> All right, Jubilee goes ahead to play trick or treat. The friends of humanity don't even give her candy. Rude. <laughs> Rude. The X-Men play treat instead, and Nightcrawler ports in and knocks the FOH dude out inside the facilita. Wolverine orders Jubilee to create a diversion with him while Rogue and Nightcrawler find his mum. <laughs> Wolverine and Jubilee stumble into a munitions storage. He radios Rogue, who tells him they haven't found shit. As Rogue and Nightcrawler slink about, they hear Nighty's mom. Rogue recognizes the voice, as we all should, but it's too late. Turns out to be, it's a trap. Mystique just wants to lure in her son, Nightcrawler. We also find out that Great and Creed is Mystique's son. Dun, dun, dun. It's like a soap opera. Speak of the devil. He's watching them from above. It's very right out of a soap opera, though. We've got like it's like it's like it's like uh, be on um, like like uh, Maury or on Jerry Springer. Be like, and the mom is and the dad is and your brother are brothers are your siblings are. And it's just like, wow, just it was just like all kinds of like uh, all kinds of interconnected that that's, uh, you know, they made it. um, I, I like all those added complexities. Yeah, very telenovela El Scandalo. Yes. You know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, I know I've said this before, but people used to laugh when I would tell them about X-Men. They're like, this is a soap opera. And like the movies <laughs> did nothing with that. Nobody was no. related to anybody. Nobody had accents. Nobody yeah. sleeping with each other. Like, come on, <laughs> this is what we want. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So Mystique reveals that she promised Kurt in exchange for them not to hurt her or Rogue. You know you're my favorite. Like, <laughs> bitch! Mother of the year you are. Great. No, right. uh, how rude. Um, Nightcrawler ports over to Creed, as in teleports, get it? <laughs> to subdue him. <laughs> Kurt tries to remind Graydon that mutant or not, Mystique is their mother and should not be harmed. 
Greater don't care. He's set on redeeming himself to the F O H. <laughs> I she, like yeah. uh, when I when um, learning all about uh, Mystique's uh, motherage. It was like uh, she makes Joan Crawford look like Mother Teresa was your mother, <laughs> and right. so he's just like. <laughs> He's like, Nightcrawler, you are a wire hanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Point, Kevin, they say port in the comic all the, all the time. Like, Nightcrawler, <laughs> can you port us over there? Port us here. But yeah, it's teleport. Yeah. But yeah. I use port whenever I write it. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind some port wine right about now. So now oh, I feel like nice. I'm, cra- I'm, I'm craving that. <laughs> Although we did do a drunk and high episode on uh, hanging with the Hollowells, <laughs> 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 I know that was this show. That was solving. That was this show. That was, yeah. future that, that was one of them in Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, Wolverine and Jubilee are attacked by gas. Wolverine cuts through the wall. <laughs> Sorry. <and> Jubilee sh- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they free themselves and stumble upon Rogue and Mystique. Mystique. Back in the control room. Uh, back in the control room, Nightcrawler and Graydon continue their fight. Nightcrawler grabs Graydon from the ceiling. Graydon kicks himself loose, and the two fall to the floor. Down below, Jubilee and Wolverine help Rogue and Mystique up. Uh, Ro- uh, Rogue fills them uh, fill- uh, fills them in on the family dynamics. Uh, Wolverine asks about Kurt. Rogue points to Graydon and Kurt fighting from above, uh, fighting up above. I love it when you go into your announcer voice. Every time you read, you go into your announcer voice. <laughs> and that's exactly why I asked you to be our announcer on our Christmas special. Oh, that was so much fun. Next time you do one, please, please ask me. I had a really good time. Okay, nice. yeah. I've been meaning to do another one. Maybe it'll actually happen this year. <laughs> Up above. Kurt pops away (laughs) just as Graydon punches at him he hits the wall and screams like a bitch Nightcrawler ports back to his friends the X-Men prepare to escape but Nightcrawler wants to be sure to save Mystique because he's such a nice person but the woman is already gone we see her in the hallway where she has shifted into an unconscious soldier to avoid detection I know, and the soldier still like stops to try to talk to her. I'm like, she's, she's out. Like, Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the FOH have the X Men cornered in their little room. Wolverine yells at Rogue to get with the program. She punches through the wall to create a new door. They escape just in time to see Mystique hightailing it. Nightcrawler ports out to catch up to her. Rogue is shot, and Wolverine gets her to softy. Mystique continues her escape on the damn dam. Nightcrawler ports ahead of her. Mystique tells Kurt she didn't mean to harm him. Girl, you're, like, getting ready to throw him off of a waterfall. Something's not adding up here. Uh, Nightcrawler tells Mystique he only wants the truth and that he has waited so long. Mystique goes into story time. Oh, yes. Mystique tells Nightcrawler all the ways long ago, among the many women she has been, one of them was married to an Austrian count. Not handsome, but rich. <laughs> but rich. I, just wanted, I just wanted his money. <laughs> yes. 
I was living the life of luxury until you came along, you stupid blue bitch thing. I don't like you. Yeah, the jig was up. They knew I was a mutant, so I had to start all over. You ruined everything. (laughs) She got rid of Kurt to save herself. Nightcrawler tells her he doesn't hate her, but I'm not one of your fans. (laughs) But (laughs) But he is sad for her. Nightcrawler tells her he will pray for the strength to forgive her and for her to forgive herself. <gasps> now, um, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but uh, that moment in which he has baby Nightcrawler totally got beginning at Batman Returns vibes. Because that's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's very, it's very, very much what mm-hmm. it felt like when she was uh, casting him into the water, much like Pee Wee Herman and... Uh, was that, it wasn't Helena Bonham Carter. I, I forget who the other one was. But when they uh, cast... Uh, she was in Charmed, uh, though. Yeah. Oh, she was the in the mermaid episode. She was the sea witch. She was the yeah. mom. Of <laughs> there you go. As so it throws him down, uh, throws him down. But I, I was like, oh, this is Batman Returns. Maybe Nightcrawler yeah. is happy because he's like, I'm like Moses. <laughs> so I do have a retelling for you of this scene. So keep this in your oh, back pocket because it goes okay. slightly differently in the comics, but very similar, Ooh. but slightly different. But mm. you have to wait till the end. That's your tease. Oh, I'm such a okay. tease. Ooh, such a tease. <laughs> so I know we we know how this ends, but in this moment, how do you think Nightcrawler's affection towards Mystique? Do you think it changes her? Or do you think it affects her? Well, I think it, it shows incredible strength on his part. Because just imagine if you if you were uh, told by your birth mother that she was just throwing you away because you were an inconvenience, and she was just uh, telling you any and everything possibly to get you to hate her and yeah. and he just shows an incredible resilience but you can even see just through the animation and what he says that it's um you know, like he, it, it it's still difficult but i just i really feel for just all the hatred that she's really throwing at him it, it must have been very difficult to you know to, to hear it and uh it's um i think a a, a testament to to his resilience because uh, just his story is one of resilience just you know, from uh, what we learned about him in the previous episode and then learning about him now. Uh, but I think it's, uh, it's very, very, you know, I'm very sad for her too. Cause she is just always a very troubled, unhappy person. And, um, and I like how we play around more with that in um, uh, X-Men first class. Is it, I, can't remember uh, which movie we learn a little bit a little bit more about her uh but i but i like how we play um that we get to know kind of why she is uh the way she is yeah exactly <laughs> did you have anything to add sir um for like what i thought about her i mean it was hard because i feel like she was taken off guard a little bit by his response because she was mm-hmm. trying to get him t- to hate her and provoke him into like, you know, fighting. And, and he, it's almost like when you like, <laughs> uh, just shower the bully with kindness. Like, I don't know how to respond. I can't fight back because you're not fighting me. And I am like lost for words. So it's kind of really putting her in a position where she's like, mm-hmm. I am stuck here, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> 
because that's kind of her power is to piss people yeah. off and get them yeah. to get messy. But he's like, I'm not going to get messy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not giving you power. Just so caring. Yeah. Back at the Facilita, Rogue flies off to get the helicopter's attention while Wolverine strikes from the ground. The helicopter shoots down another as Rogue takes down another one. That's a confusing way to say that, but I said it. It's out there. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the bridge, Nightcrawler and Mystique continue their discussion. Graydon flies over in a copter and shoots at Nightcrawler, but Mystique jumps in the way. She awkwardly says, prayer, <laughs> and then falls. Nightcrawler ports away as Graydon shoots a missile, which floaties the Dam Dam and shoots water mm-hmm. down on the helicopter, crashing it. Yeah, it was weird because she started a sentence. She's like, yeah. I'm not worthy of your... And then, like, like three minutes later, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it was odd delivery. Yeah. So, uh, down below, Nightcrawler searches the river for any sign of mystique. Rogue flies by overhead and pulls a gasping Nightcrawler from the water a little ways away. Wolverine and Jubilee look over the scene. Jubes be mad that the FOH was only arrested for the damn damn and not for attacking the mutants. Further up the river, Nightcrawler tells Rogue he can't fathom why Mystique sacrificed herself for him. And Mystique pops up behind him. Uh, She cries at her sacrifice and wanders off. Wow. Uh. So what what I like about this is it shows how complex mystique really is that there is uh kind of like i you know, use a darth vader analogy you know there is some good in her and uh, and i and i and i like how uh that you know we don't we don't it, that it gets hinted at occasionally and we see a little glimpse of of that here where she hasn't you know completely uh lost touch of her humanity and uh but this isn't the first time, but I think this is one of the, the, the best times that, that we see that in Mystique's character. Yeah, I agree. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to add to that more, but I'm saving mm. it for yes. one of our segments. But I yes. agree wholeheartedly with what you said. I, I love Mystique in this episode. It's very similar to our Prue in the Charmed Comics right now. We talked about that. Yes, so. out today, mm. Words of the Witches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last scene. Graydon wakes up bound, oh, in a helicopter, <laughs> while also wearing a parachute. The FOH has retrieved him. They tell him, your plan failed miserably. He's like, I can change. And then the pre- <laughs> they push Creed out of the helicopter. He parachutes in at Sabretooth's home. Ooh, penance for his crimes. And then Sabretooth walks out. He's like, well, 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 I'm buff. And there's my son. Let's talk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but he says something like he calls himself daddy and that really yeah. came in <laughs> <laughs> I was like mm. <laughs> he's already yeah, bound yeah, we said earlier like we don't know exactly what Sabretooth did to Graydon because he's not physically harmed and then he calls himself daddy so i'm getting a picture here and i don't like it he's like look who's home well he came he was uh, already bound arriving so half the work is done 
I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we get into like our rankings and our MXP and all that, I do mm. have some notes here for both of you. Yes. So at least for this first series, I'm not speaking X-Men 97, of course, because we don't know. But this is the final appearance of Sabretooth, Mystique, Nightcrawler, and Graydon Creed in the cartoon. So, and here's your your long journey of Mystique being revealed as uh, Nightcrawler's mother. So, all the way back in X-Men 142, actually, I believe in the 80s, this is when it was first hinted at. Because Mystique tells Nightcrawler that you should ask your adoptive mother, Margulie Zardos, about uh, her connection to me sometime. So that got everybody speculating that, oh, is Mystique the real mom? She's blue. <laughs> She's speculating there's a connection. So that got the ball rolling. But it didn't come out until 1994 in mm. X-Men Unlimited number four that she is, in fact, his mother. Also in X-Men Unlimited four, it's kind of similar to this episode it starts off with mystique killing a high-ranking government official which of course we didn't Mm. see but he was secretly in friends of humanity and then the way graydon finds out is he had i think mystique had said something about being his mom so he didn't want to believe it so he sent a private investigator out to figure out is this true or not and the investigator comes back and he's like oh bitch it's true (laughs) Not only that, bitch, <laughs> you have a brother. And then when Graydon is shown that his brother's Nightcrawler, he flips his shit. He, like, kills the investigator. He threatens the, like, princess that he's living with. Like, he does not want anybody to know that Nightcrawler is his brother. So I found that interesting that he's the one who uncovered everything. <clears throat> yeah. And then Forge, who at the, this point is uh, working with the government, he's part of X-Factor, mm-hmm. like mutant government relations. Mm-hmm. He actually knows the secret. He knows that Nightcrawler's mystic son. He knows Rogue mm-hmm. is the adoptive daughter. So he sends uh, Nightcrawler and Rogue to go look into this whole thing because he wants them to find out that Mystique is their mom. Because Forge and Mystique had a friendship for a little while. She was actually part of Freedom Force, trying to be good. And Forge Mm. really liked Mystique this way. So he was really, like, gunning for, I want her to repent her old way. So maybe by finding out her kids are alive, then maybe she'll turn back to to the light (laughs) side of the Force, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 2003, this is when it was finally uncovered who Nightcrawler's dad is. It gets so, so poppery. So Mystique mm. was, this is when she's being the, the heiress with the Baron mm. in, uh, uh, where do we say? Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Austria. Mm-hmm. So it turns out the Baron is impotent. He can't produce children, but he really wants an heir. So he starts having Mystique disguised as this woman sleep with random men so that she could get pregnant with <laughs> his child. So one of the men he happens to introduce her to is his business partner, who is actually a Zazel in disguise. It's always the business partner. It's always the business partner. (laughs) The problem is she falls in love with the Zazel. She finds out she's pregnant, and she goes a little crazy. She's like, I don't want to be with the Baron. I want to be with the Zazel. So she kills the Baron, 
She has the baby, which is Nightcrawler. He's blue. And um, now that she's killed the leader, yeah, and she's killed the leader. (laughs) She has this crazy baby, so everybody wants to kill her. So she's running, and she accidentally lets her guard down and shows them that she's Mystique. So now they know for sure she's immune. They want to kill her. So she quickly gets out of sight, and she comes back as a man holding Nightcrawler. And she's like, I killed the woman. I threw her over the edge. The bitch is dead. And they're like, well, you also have to get rid of her baby. So the guy is like, all right. So he throws the baby. So it's actually Mystique as a man who throws Nightcrawler into the river to save herself. Very dark. Oh, my goodness. Face says everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And this is like the second version, right? Because wasn't Destiny supposed to be somebody, the mom, somebody? Um, no, her story was separate. Okay. It was just her relative okay. that was killed by Great and Creed. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Well, it's a good thing yeah, they but- were upstream from that monastery. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's your history lesson. Um, so what do we think of this episode? Extreme, expected, or X out? Oh, oh I vote extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think extreme. I think I'm not sure if you were going to say anything else. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to say extreme. It's very timely, very relevant, very emotional. So lots of good things. Yeah. I said extreme. And like, Great and Creed is the character I love to hate mm-hmm. because he's so real. Like we've seen so many yeah. politicians like mm-hmm. great and creed that it's just sad that he's still relevant today. We still haven't moved past falling for this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, you know, you know, you would think that kids watching this, you know, I mean, th- 30 years ago at, at this point would be like, Oh, I don't want to be like that, but here we are 30 years later and, you know, it is because we don't learn from history. It repeats itself. And as it's just like how, you know, and it was cause it was, you know, Fox kids. I mean, it, you know, it, a lot of kids would have been watching the show. And yet mm-hmm. I think a lot of the lessons that the show teaches, uh, have uh, just been lost. So, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, generation watching it now perhaps for the first time uh you know maybe you know when they are older will will integrate some of these lessons uh that uh you know that the show show teaches i love shows that that have a um this moral and ethical center i I see it in x-men the animated series i'm a you know big star trek fan uh more than star wars i'm sorry sean but i'm a big big star trek tng and and voyager (laughs) and uh, especially tng so many lessons on what it means to be human and so i just it's like it's like please you know you know in you know employ these lessons that these shows have taught you into (laughs) your life and I, i think things you know may not be perfect because I don't think they ever can be, but it's the pursuit. That's the most meaningful. They could certainly be a bit better off. Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of people in this generation have learned from these shows. It's just that a lot of the families too are brainwashing them to think otherwise. So while I guess it depends on where you live and who your, your families are, because I think a lot of us have been grown raised to 
be more liberal and and appreciative of everybody but it's it's clouded by all the weirdness <laughs> yeah it's true um who would we say is the mxp most excellent player see it'd be very easy to say nightcrawler but i'm everything he does at this point is expected of him so i don't think that he does anything that's truly extreme uh, despite the fact that she's kind of a bit, uh, not kind of, she's a royal bitch through the whole thing until the very end, I'm going to go with Mystique because she is the only one who did something radically different than you would have expected from her. Uh, so I'm uh, there, there at the very end with prayers. And so we. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go with Mystique for the most excellent player in this episode. Okay. She had an arc. She had a... a definitely noticeable change so that's that's true yeah um uh, should i go i was gonna ask you <laughs> okay um for me you know as much as i love nightcrawler and i think i believe that he's such a upstanding person i think he was a little preachy this one like his last episode i thought he was he treaded the line very carefully and it was very inclusive this one seemed like he was more adding his beliefs to people's beliefs. So a little bit preacher than, than normal. So I didn't really appreciate that as much, um, even though I know it's coming from a good place. So I'm not a, a mad at that part. But I'm going to say Rogue, because it was all the little things she was doing throughout this entire episode. She was really understanding of everybody. She was punching through the wall. She was saving people from the river. She was you know getting rid of the helicopters. So all these little things allowed them to make it out. So, yeah. True. And I went with the easy. I said Nightcrawler. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, Mystique wouldn't have had her arc if he didn't show her it's... compassion. Yeah. So that's why I gave it to him. Yeah. But I do like Mystique, too. I do like Rogue. They're all valid answers. <laughs> um, how about the X Factor? What stood out as something very X-Men or just your favorite part? I mentioned it earlier, so I won't. I won't, you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of belabor the moment too much. But uh, Nightcrawler's lessons on forgiveness and the importance of not harboring unforgiveness, and so I, that's that's my favorite moment from the episode because that's something we can take away with us and it's it, employ it in you know uh, our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Kevin, hmm. I'm going to say. Fighting through your instinctual reactions. Mm. Um, because, yeah, uh, well, or just maybe fighting through the expected. Because, yeah, Nightcrawler, I mean, we, kn- we know his character. We know this is expected of him. But I think Mystique was sh- shocked by it. Mm. Um, and then we have Graydon, who's, you know, really against it. But, you know, there's something in him that he's afraid of. So it's like everyone's tra- trauma and turmoil is really coming to the light here. And I think that's something that's very common in X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like that. I would say what really hit me with this episode is their treatment of Mystique because mm. it's very much like hurt people hurting people. She's just ready to always be the bad guy because that's what everybody paints her as. Yeah. So that's why, to me, the Nightcrawler showing her forgiveness showing her that he doesn't hate her 
is what changes her. Because for once, somebody understands her, somebody mm-hmm. forgives her, somebody's nice to her. And that's very much, I think, how Mystique shows herself in the comics. She's always doing the wrong thing for the right reason. <laughs> like, for example, when she thinks that Gambit isn't good enough for Rogue, so she decides to turn into an attractive woman to sleep with him to show that he's a jerk. I'm like, there's better ways to go about yeah. that mistake. <laughs> so I just think they She's very impulsive a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And it's like Ryan said, they wrote her in a way that's easy for kids to understand, but as an mm-hmm. adult, you really get a different... Mm-hmm side of her a different understanding yeah. yeah all right so this question's a little weird this week go with me here i just mm-hmm. get such a weird image in my mind when i think about mystique and Sabretooth having sex so i'm wondering <laughs> who do you think mystique shifted into while conceiving graydon with Sabretooth? <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> really got him going. There you go. <laughs> oh no, that is good. There would be a lot of create, a lot of creative answers. <laughs> yeah. So this will be a write your own answer in and we'll read your answers on next yeah. episode. I'm, I'm excited to see what people come up with. And I like the Wolverine answer already. I don't know one better than that. <laughs> All right, Kevin. So your next episode is the Lotus and the Steel. What do you think that's about? Don't make that face. <laughs> Isn't that the one with Jennifer Coolidge? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> the White Lotus. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like an Avatar The Last Airbender episode. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is there somebody? Is Yuriko coming back? I don't know. Oh. This is, I, I'm, completely, I'm completely out of I'm blindsided by this one. I don't know. It is funny because you kind of hit on it. It is a very Japan episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's a okay. character who's very connected to Japanese culture. Winky face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jubilee maybe, but she's not Japan- Japanese. She's Korean, isn't she? I think she's Chinese American. Oh, Chinese. And, You're yeah. right. Chinese. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. All right. Well, Ryan, if you want people <laughs> to find you, where should they do it? Sure, you can uh, find me at uh, 1944. Uh, no, that's actually. Uh, if, if you're cute and and you're single, um, guys, I, I will totally give you my address. Uh, but uh, but, uh, but, you, but you can but you can hang out. Uh, you can hang out with me uh, on Twitter at rlterry1. I'm on Letterboxd at letterbox.com/rlterry. Uh, you can listen to Forza Crowd a couple of seasons on all your major podcasters at Forza Crowd, just just like it sounds. And I uh, listen to the show there. Visit my blog, rltterryrealview.com. That's real with two E's. Uh, or if you happen to be in Tampa or Orlando and you just is like, gee, this guy sounds fun. I want to hang out with him. Totally hit me up and I will probably meet you in the parks and we can hang out there too. <laughs> Yay, I did that once. Right. <laughs> yes, you did. About a year ago. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about you, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, you can follow my personal Instagram at kgz87, where, yeah, it's naked and stuff. It's fine. Um, and then and stories. you can follow the. 
And the stories. <laughs> and there's if you're if you're if you're really nasty, you can be my close friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, also you can find me and Sean on the podcast Words of the Witches, where we're uh, right into some real crazy things happening in season 10. Oh, it's exciting. It's going to get good. <laughs> it's already so good. I know. And you can find me on the Marvelous Galaxy of Disney or my latest venture, MagicalJourneys.com, where we can set you up with uh, your travel plans at no extra cost to you. We're actually right now setting up somebody to go to Hawaii and then also Disneyland. Our site is blowing up. So just uh, let us know what you think. Very cool. Help you plan your vacation at no extra cost. Oh, that sounds great. I, I, I may take advantage of the service when I'm planning my next vacation. Yay. Thank Yay. you. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with the Lotus and the Steel. Mm.